Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Mackey and Judd. <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. They're both verbs. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. That'll be a landmark deal for Kirk Cousins at this point in time, but it'll be a fully guaranteed deal. It is likely to come in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins will become the highest paid quarterback in football, and it'll be a big deal. It'll be roughly $84 million. You like that? All right, let's bring in uh, enough enough of us blabbering about this. Let's bring in Sage Rosenfels. And I think, so Judd and I, we played a bunch of clips from Lewis Riddick, who hates the signing, ESPN's Lewis Riddick, and thinks that they could get the same, if not better, production from Case Keenum for less money. And is it fair to say, Sage, that the Vikings are basically gambling that Case Keenum's sustainability, it's a little too risky to hang your hat on that when you're trying to win a Super Bowl in 2018 and 19. And Kirk Cousins, more of a resume, three years of 4,000-plus yards, that there's just more sustainability and stability there. That seems like the gamble. What do you think of the whole thing? Well, that makes sense, and I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, Case Keenum, and I love Case last year. I do feel like I was early on, and I, you know, I don't want to pat myself on my back. No, fire back, away. Go ahead. Early on, I felt like I was a uh, – uh, I thought Case was playing well. I mean, even going back to that Pittsburgh game, they lost that game last year early in the season. It wasn't because Case Keenum threw three interceptions. It was because other parts of their team weren't very good that day. So he had a really good season, uh, but it was a sort of a one-season wonder. And I think that the Vikings, uh, that, that didn't really sell them last year. I think Mike Zimmer wasn't completely sold. I mean, that's why even after five, six, seven games and, and a lot of those wins, it was seemed to be sort of a week-to-week uh, you know, type of situation, you know, Teddy got healthy and then, you know, will Teddy, you know, get in there and then Case just kept playing really, really good football and you shouldn't, you sort of couldn't take him out at that point. What they get with Cousins is uh, more in the resume, a lot more starts. Uh, he has had to carry that team more. I think that's, that's the big difference here. Case didn't have to carry the football team last year. He played really well, uh, you know, within the system, within the offense. He had the number one defense. Uh, you know, part of the deal was he didn't don't go out and screw it up, and then he seemed to make a couple plays uh, every game that were like, oh, great play out of the pocket, and that would get the you know the Vikings to win. Uh, but I think what they're looking for is somebody who can sort of bring them to the next level, uh, has that resume, has a little more experience, and when the team needs it, you know, if the Vikings are down by ten points going to the fourth quarter of a game this year, uh, which which they didn't have many of those situations last year. The championship game, the NFC championship game, was one of those where they got behind. And Case and the offensive line really had nothing to bring them back. 
and my guess is that they believe that Kirk Cousins just has a little bit more juice, has carried that Washington team a little more on his back, put that offense more on his shoulders. And if they're down 10 going to the fourth quarter, uh, which they will be at some point, probably multiple times uh, coming up in 2018, they feel Kirk Cousins can, 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 can take them back, can lean down, get a touchdown, get the ball back, stop them defensively, and do it again. I just think that they think that uh, uh, Kirk has a little more juice, and they're willing to overpay for it. They knew they're going to have to – everyone overpays in free agency, and if you go out to the top quarterback available, you're definitely going to overpay. It doesn't mean they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean they're going to win 13 games next year. I mean, they, a, lot of, a lot of lucky and a lot of really good things happened to the Vikings to, to win 13 games last year. But I, I like how Rick Spielman has gone out uh, and sort of gone out on a limb and, uh, and sort of put his – you know, put, there's some risk out there for him. I mean, if they only win nine games next year – you know, terrible mistake by the GM, everyone will be saying, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I like the fact that he's aggressive and he's trying to get the best quarterback available. Uh, and Kirk Cousins, of all the quarterbacks in free agency, uh, was the best quarterback available, uh, and Rich Spielman brought him to Minnesota. What, uh, Sage, does does Kirk do that, that you like, and, and what, what about his game might con- uh, still concern you a bit? Well, he's a guy that is, is really good at executing within the system. So, and that, and, and, you know, he started with Kyle Shanahan, and I played for Kyle in Houston, and obviously he's become one of the better offensive uh, minds uh, in the entire league. Uh, after that was Sean McVay, uh, who, again, another guy who's young has become one of the better offensive lines, uh, offensive minds in the league. Uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski, DeFilippo, De they have to uh, make an offense that Kirk Cousins feels comfortable in, and it has to be very precise. It has to be creative. Uh, he has to know where he's going with the football. He likes things sort of set in place and very exact, and then he executes within that. He doesn't like gray area. Uh, he doesn't want to go out there and go, well, we're just going to sort of, uh, you know, guys are going to run down and they're going to be in this general area and you're going to make a play. He's not that type of guy. He's an executor. Uh, he's not a, really a playmaker. So I think that's one thing that they may miss a little bit because Keenum did such a good job of when the play was called in the huddle, when things broke down, to make him either throw the ball away uh, or, or make good plays down the field. Kirk doesn't do that quite as well, but I believe within the pocket, they'll be able to open up their, their uh, you know, sort of in-the-pocket passing game uh, you know, much more than they had with Case Keenum. Yeah. Now, Washington, now, last year, Washington didn't have nearly the weapons, but in the, 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 the two years before that, I mean, Washington offensively with you know, some of the, you know, the coaches that Kirk was working with, like you said, and also just like the weapons around him, it wasn't exactly, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns and Slim Pickens. So you can't say that he's just going to have this wild upgrade. But I do think with Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, those are two of the top 10 or 12 receivers in the league. Dalvin Cook comes back. Uh, John Filippo highly regarded. So it, uh, how would you compare just the, the vehicle that Kirk Cousins steps into you know, versus what he had in Washington, even with defense and ownership too, I guess. Well, yeah, that's that's a great way to describe it. You know, what what car is he now getting in? Well, Washington last year didn't have much at wide receiver. Their best player was, you know, at least an offensive weapon was a tight end. Uh, and that organization in general, I mean, I got drafted to Washington in 2001. Uh, it's been very inconsistent from, from top to bottom. You're talking about public relations people, community relations people, uh, there's nonstop turnover within their front office. He comes to the Vikings now. It's completely the opposite. I mean, a lot of the people have been there, even when the coaching staffs have changed over, a lot of those people have been there for a long, long time. It's one of the most consistent organizations in the entire National Football League. He shows up one of the best defense in the NFL. Washington did not have that. 
Uh, as you said, Dalvin Cook coming off his injury, uh, he was looking like a, a really, really young, exciting player for the Vikings last year. Uh, that hopefully that happens again this year. He, he's, he's coming on to a much better football team, a much faster car, and he won't have to do as much. Uh, you know, he, he might throw for 180 yards in a lot of football games, and that might be you know a, a lot of wins. And, and he couldn't have done that in Washington. He had to throw for 275 to 300 uh, a lot of those games for them to win. They just weren't as good of a football team. He comes to a much better football team. So that's got to be exciting for him. If he can play this right, and he's been sort of the – the champion of, 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 of making money in the NFL, but he's always bet on himself. Uh, and that's what you got to sort of admire. He's always bet on himself. He's taken that risk. He hasn't done the, done the long-term deal. And even in this situation, he's got a three-year contract. So he's not going to be 38 years old when he's a free agent at the end of this thing. So he's come onto a really good football team. If he can consistently get in the playoffs with this Vikings team for the next three years, He'll be a free agent again and probably demand huge money again. So Kirk Cousins has really won free agency probably better than any uh, you know any quarterback in NFL history. And Sage, I th- think we hear uh, the term guaranteed, and we all, because it's rare in football, we all back up and go, whoa, 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 guaranteed cash. But when you, you look at, at this three-year contract, do you look and say that the Vikings are paying way too much, or do you th- think it's fair? Because a, a year from now, when uh, some of the star quarterbacks get extended th- themselves, I don't think this is going to look nearly as as ridiculous as what we think right now. And I think we're all overreacting to a term here, which is guaranteed. Well, yeah, and the fact that he's the... You know, he's the highest earning quarterback in the entire league. And, you know, no, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, right. he's not Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is a better quarterback. We saw how he sliced up the Vikings last year. But, uh, you know, it was all based off of the situation. And the guarantee doesn't bother me at all. Uh, you know, normally quarterbacks in this situation, when they sort of strike that big deal, it's a five or six year contract. Usually the first two to three years of that. Is, is fully guaranteed. You know, roughly half the contract is guaranteed. So he didn't sign a five- or six-year deal. He signed a three-year deal, and the vast majority of that will be guaranteed in some way or another. There's injury things, and there's all these types of things that go into it. But uh, it's the fact that it's all guaranteed, which is sort of a, uh, a monumental thing. has not happened in the NFL very often, guaranteeing contracts. But, yeah, it's fully guaranteed for a short-term contract. So if NFL players start doing that going forward – my guess is teams are not going to give you know, Aaron Rodgers, hey, here's a six-year extension, all of it's guaranteed. That's not going to happen. If he signs two-year extensions and three-year extensions, I can see that happening. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think the fully guaranteed thing is really just based off the fact that it's only a three-year contract. Yeah, Sage, real quick, last thing for you here, and, and you, were on the, you, you were on the 09 team where this happened, but one thing with the Vikings that whether it works or whether it doesn't, and historically they always wind up being the you know, wily coyote with an anvil dropped on their head, from ownership to front office, they are willing to put chips in the middle of the table, whether it's a, a Jared Allen trade, flying a plane for, for Brett Favre, uh, you know, three years guaranteed Kirk Cousins. It's, there's never a dull moment, and uh, there's, never, there's never, I guess, a, a lack of risk and uh, calculated gamble with this franchise. Well, yeah, I mean, at least they're trying, right? And the yeah. they're not scared to, you know, they're not scared to spend money. There's organizations out there, you know, Vikings fans should go see what Cincinnati has been doing for the last, you know, 50 years or whatever. You know, their owner is cheap on everything, you know, cheap on free agents, cheap on uh, when they have guys they drafted who have become free agents, they let them go because they don't want to pay them, cheap in their organization as far as their facilities, 
uh, you know, the whole thing. The Vikings have just built this ridiculous facility uh, in Egan. They do everything. They're trying to do everything, uh, you know, top notch. And, and every dollar uh, they can spend, they will spend to get some sort of advantage. Yeah, there's risk there. I mean, I think for Vikings fans to go, yeah, we just upgrade our quarterback situation. We're definitely winning the Super Bowl next year. You know, that's insane. I mean, they, they, they may get to the playoffs next year. We don't know. The quarterback is just, you know, one of those spots. But I do like, uh, you know, at, at the really important things. You said Jared Allen, you know, those types of things. I like it how they go out and they're aggressive. They don't sit back on their heels. You know, the Green Bay Packers for the last so many years have been sort of sitting back and, not going after guys in free agency. You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, who's the, the best quarterback of our of, of this you know, this time right now, I believe. You know, he hasn't had a great defense. He hasn't had you know great weapons around him, great running backs around him, great line around him. Uh, and I think they, you know, they're, we're, we're going to build to the draft. We're going to build to the draft. Well, at some point, you got to take some risk, and you got to go. You know, we have a transcendent quarterback on our roster. The Vikings have just a really good football team right now. They have a window. Let's go out and let's see if we can do everything we can that during this time uh, of this window of probably three to four or five years, where we have all these really good players that they've, they've hit on in the draft. Let's see if we can't make a couple of runs at the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I guess we shall see. But I love the fact that they're aggressive. I always prefer that uh, over a team that sort of sits back and, and waits for all the high-priced guys to go and then tries to find all these bargains at the bottom of the bucket. Yeah, right on. Hey, great stuff, Sage. Thank we'll you, talk Sage. soon, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Sage Rosenfels. Follow him on Twitter. He's just uh, he's great on all this stuff. Let's come back. We're going to go back-to-back guests here. So Dan Hayes covers the Twins for The Athletic, and he brought up a really, really interesting speculative point about the Twins and building this roster and how they might not be done. It might not be imminent, but there might be another big move coming here. Mackie and Judd. My bad. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl, too. Let's do that before we talk to Dan Hayes. Chris Lindahl, America's number one REMAX results team. And you've got two days left to take advantage of the free listing side commission where you get all the bells and whistles for free. You get the complete Chris Lindahl marketing experience, everything that his team puts into social media, online marketing, creating a competitive environment for the sale of your home. You're going to have people climbing all over each other to throw money at you. In fact, I made tens of thousands more dollars off the sale of my condo about a year ago than I had thought in my head going in than I probably would have made working with another team. You can get a free listing side commission between now and March 16th. You got to enter chrislindall.com. That's Chris with a K or the number is 763-401-SOLD. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios, and let's get right to it here. Dan Hayes is the new Twins beat writer, opinionist, uh, content creator, all kinds of hats for The Athletic. And uh, he just actually, what we should get into this Brent Rooker story that you posted too, but we want to go back, Dan, a couple days ago. Yeah. You you brought up a really good point and and the the Twins have done a great job building their roster out and adding supplemental pieces, 12 million dollars for Lanflin here, Logan Morrison, bullpen all these pieces. But they've kept their top 20 prospect collection intact to maybe mobilize and make an even bigger move at the trade deadline. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's just a really good position to be in and I think they've shown the commitment to spend and the willingness and, and 
if they're in the right position, I think they would again. I mean, you look at what they have, and Royce Lewis, you know, talking to Jim Cowles from uh, MLB Pipeline, he, he said Royce Lewis is the kind of guy that could get you any player you were looking for right now if that was on the trade market. That's that's how good he is. But he doesn't, and I agree, doesn't expect him to be a guy the Twins look to trade. I mean, the first overall pick, that kind of debut, that's the kind of guy you kind of want to ride with. But beyond him, there's so much talent in that system. And last year they did a good job with their, their farm, adding pieces. I think they added 10 guys in their top 30 last year between the draft and then a couple of really cool moves in the uh, – in the off season with their international bonus pool money when they didn't land Shohei Otani and so they they've really done a good job building up this system and and it just seems like it's improving and I mean that's that's the currency in baseball today is prospects and and they sure have a lot of it. Hey Dan, what what is your thought right now on what the expectations of the organization is, especially you know the, the executives Falvey. Levine, as far as with the additions, you know, of Morrison and Lynn, now that they've actually really built this thing out pretty quickly, what's your what's your guess or your gut tell you about what their expectation is for 2018? Well, you know, going if we were talking three weeks ago, a month ago before they got Jake Odorizzi and Logan Morrison and Lance Lynn, mm-hmm. I think that they would have thought, all right, we're we're almost there, but we're not quite because we've got these young prospects. You look at the group that – I mean, uh, the, the young core. And I think you look at what Byron Buxton did in the second half and can he repeat that? And Jorge Blanco, can he repeat that? It, those are some big questions. Their performances in the second half were pretty much double what they did in the first half. And they were huge leaps. And can they back that up again? What I think they've done a good job of is kind of insulating themselves against a little bit of underperformance by some of their younger guys. And so – I, I think now they probably feel like they have a much better shot this year than they did before. I think that outside, um, a lot of people thought that the Twins were probably looking more towards 2020 when some of these prospects start to hit. I mean, you look at all the pitching that they have in the minor leagues, and we've seen Fernando Romero be so dominant this spring. There's a lot of high hopes with him. They like Steven Gonzalez. You know, they've they've got other Young arms coming through the system, uh, Bruzdar, Gretarol, um, Blaine Enloe, they drafted last year. Those are guys that are lower in the system. So I think there was sort of this expectation that it was going to be down the road that they really thought that was their window. Um, but they certainly have given themselves a really good shot this year just because of the the system and the way free agency has worked and what they were able to do so affordably. Dan Hayes covers the Twins for The Athletic. And uh, let's so you just posted a piece here. I saw it on Twitter like 15 minutes ago. Brent Rooker was one of the best college hitters in the entire landscape of college baseball last year. He shredded SEC pitching Friday night, major league caliber SEC pitching on a regular basis. Then uh, they had him up to Fort Myers last year. So for fans who really weren't paying close attention, you tallied the home runs, 41 home runs between the college baseball season and his minor league season, won the triple crown in the SEC. Is he a guy that could, because he's like 23 years old, could he be up this year? Or what's what's the timeline and, and then like the percent chance he becomes a really viable major league hitter from the people you talk to? Hey, you know, this year, I mean, we'll, we'll just put it lower on the timeline, but I mean, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he 
started the season at Double A, and if he if he hits the ball really well the way he did last year, I mean, triple crown in the SEC. They're, the only other player to do that was uh, Rafael Palmero. Wow, um, you know, and he's following in this line. I mean, look at look at uh, who the SEC's top hitters have been the last couple of years. Andrew Benintendi, he got up to the majors pretty quickly, and Alex Bregman. Um, I mean, the likelihood that his bat gets them there quickly is high. He doesn't; he's not a great defender. That's those guys. Obviously, Benintendi has the ability to play center field, even though the Red Sox haven't done that. Bregman has the ability to play shortstop. The Astros obviously have have Correa there, but I mean, you know, given that this bat is so good. I, I think there's a small chance we could see him this year, but definitely he has the kind of bat that could bring him into play quickly. And, you know, if that's DH, if that's outfield, if that's first base, um, it doesn't matter. I think that when you have that kind of bat, that if, if he can continue this level of production, I mean, last year was just a monster year, 23 homers at, at Mississippi State and then 18 in, in 60 games, I believe, in the uh, in the minor leagues. That, that's pretty absurd. And, and that's going to find its way to the majors real quick. And, and like you said, a lot of it was against the SEC. And he listed off all the pitchers that he had faced that were drafted ahead of him. And it was like six or seven guys wow. that were taken in the first round in the 34 picks ahead of him. And he had faced them all, whether it was the Cape Cod League or in the SEC or the NCAA. So pretty, uh, pretty good young guy there. And, and I think the Twins are pretty high on him. Irv, uh, uh, Irv still due back on May first. Is that the expectation? I, that's that's what we heard. But you know, I mean, it, you know, it's tricky. And I think that the one thing that has been really good is that they've insulated themselves against that with with Lance Lynn. I mean, if he's not, you know, they they said May first was the the late end of the timeline. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's a really good sign and as far as May 1st on the mound in the majors. So, I mean, that that's a good thing for them. But at the same time, I think that now you have way more answers if it slips a little bit further down because not everything always goes to plan. I mean, it, it might be that way. That's what they say on paper. But obviously, not everything goes to plan. And, and with Lynn, Odorizzi, Gibson, and, and uh, Barrios, you know, now your number five guy is either Phil Hughes or Aaron Fleggers or – Tyler Duffy, or and then you can kind of manipulate the schedule to work around it where you're not using that five a whole lot in that first couple weeks. Yeah, uh, how's, how's our guy Lance Lynn looking? He looks like looks like uh, some positive results in the first. Why, why was he available for one year, twelve million dollars too? I mean, it's I know the peripherals were a little questionable, but that's a guy with a track record. To get him for one year, twelve million is pretty uh, pretty interesting. I mean, I you know when you're talking about, and I know Jake Arrieta was. A little down in velocity. Why is Jake Arrieta still out there? Why did Mike Moustakas take one year, six million? Baseball has just kind of has reached this point collectively where the front officers are realizing, hey, free agency really hasn't paid off the way that we we kind of made it out to be all these years, and and the Twins really were big benefit uh, have benefited greatly because of that this year. I mean, you know, Lance Lynn. You're right. The peripherals are a little concerning. I mean, he walked 78 guys. I think uh, I think it was 3.8 walks per nine last year. That's a little bit of luck to come away with the ERA that he did. Finished with a 3.43 ERA, and you know, good defense behind him helped. But obviously, he'll have a good defense behind him with the Twins. But I mean, to still find him and and a guy that's 
been that much of a winner throughout his career at this stage is, is incredible. I mean, it, it truly, it, the way they've done it this last month has really changed their odds a lot. I mean, just on the uh, the paper side, you're looking at about a 12% increase in their playoff chances between the three moves. And and I think the Odorizzi and Lynn, they don't do a whole lot of moving the chances up on paper. I think it's only about 4% that it's increased their playoff odds. But what I think it really does is stabilize their biggest weakness. I mean, you're talking about a team last year that ran out 5 through 16 uh, in the starting rotation. I mean, think about that. 12 guys yeah. accounted for 54 starts. We saw it. And <laughs> I know. It was crazy. Yeah, we saw a little bit of it. Yeah. But 8-8 eight, eight ERA from that group. One third of your games yeah. were started by an 8-8 eight, eight ERA. Yeah, that's insane. And now you got this. So that's a huge difference between that and uh, what they can roll out this year. Dan, in your mind, is is what we've seen this winter a, a permanent change, unless you're a superstar who hits the market? Or is this going to sort of uh, go back so that a year from now, Dozier and guys like that get good contracts? Or, I mean, have we reached the potential where where baseball has just changed enough where where unless you're Harper, for the most part, when you when you uh, reach the market, you're going to get offers, but they're not gonna, not going to be great. Well, I, I think that we've reached a, a point where there are more teams that are kind of trying to build for the future. And so the market's just terrible right now. I mean, the market, yeah. if you are a uh, if you're a player, it's just very bad time to be out there. And I think when we see more teams start to go for it, then you'll see the prices start to go up. There's just not a lot of competition right now. And and that's definitely hurt the availability. And will that change by next year? I don't know. I mean, and, and that puts the Twins in a great spot because they just have such little money committed moving forward and and that's a that's a great position to be in i i talked to somebody from another big spending team about the time that they signed logan morrison and i said you know are you guys still spending and they said no we're kind of at our cap and 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 i said what wouldn't it be great to have very little money on the books right now and they said absolutely i mean this is kind of unfair because it is it's like the twins of you know it's fish in a barrel at this point they've gone in and plucked a 38 <laughs> home run guy and and a couple of number threes and number fours for your rotation. And it's going to cost them a total this season of $25 million, and they won't have to commit more than two years for any of them. That's that's just absurd. Yeah, cheap poll ads. Those damn cheap poll ads. Dan Hayes, thank you for the time. And uh, people, go check out The Athletic Minnesota, where Dan Hayes covers the Twins and does a great job. We'll catch up soon, man. Thanks, Dan. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we should definitely, later in the show, the Brent Rooker stuff. So Mm -hmm. people talk about Royce Lewis because he's the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. They got such a steal in this Brent Rooker, and he just named off the last two guys to be that dominant as hitters in the SEC and be first-round draft picks. I remember Palmero. Well, well, Palmero, but he mentioned Andrew Benintendi and Alex Bregman, and those are two of the best young players in baseball. And they were up the second half of the season in their second year of pro ball, which would be later this year for Brent Rooker. So, but yeah, Raphael Palmero. Hopefully he's not getting the same boost that Raffy did. I'm sure he's not. <laughs> sure he's clean. Dave, what's next in stuff? Oh, we've got stuff. We actually have some baseball nuggets to get to and my favorite kind of angst, Aaron Rodgers angst. Wow. Yes. Matthew and Judd are back. Now, you can go when they're ready by poking them with your finger. On 1500. 
ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Walgreens. Walgreens is here for all your diabetes needs. Stop by today to consult with your pharmacist and get trusted advice and tips about your diabetes medications and testing supplies. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. Aaron Rodgers angst, you say, Dave Harrigan? We've got that, yes. All right. We've got angst. We've got Aaron Rodgers, maybe coded angst, but we're going to get to that in just a moment because we're going to start with a couple off-the-field baseball items. Okay. The first ever food fest, Major League Baseball food fest, is almost here, gentlemen. Announced yesterday, New York City, April 21st and 22nd. For just $25, you can get in and get some food. For 40 bucks, you get food and beer. And highlighted is one menu from every ballpark in Major League Baseball. All right. I've got all 30 here. We're not going to go through them all. But I'm going to give you the AL Central. You are going to tell me which you are most interested in trying. Are you ready? Okay. We'll go alphabetically, starting with the uh, White Sox. The Southside Horseshoe, which is Italian sausage, fries, cheddar, uh, chipotle sauce, uh, wow. ch- chipotle cheddar sauce, excuse me, and garlic Texas toast. Wow. Cleveland, you can sample the flamethrower, pulled pork burger with bacon jam, coleslaw, and flaming hot Cheetos. Whoa. Okay. What's with like the whole put chips on food items thing now? I mean, that people have been doing it, but now it feels too branded. Yeah. Like we're going to put. We're gonna have well, a, on the fire thing too. A Doritos taco the fire shell, thing, right? To me. It's gonna, it's gonna burn. We've gone over the top with the flaming hot Cheetos. Yes. I'm, I'm not. I'm tired of anything that says flaming hot or fire, I'm off. I yeah. interpret more on the way out, and I'm out. I'm all for two so if far. It, so keep going. Oh really? Because I'm oh. one for two no, right now. I'm all right. for two. I'll go the Italian sausage route for sure. Let's see if I can pique your interest in Detroit, Judd. The chicken shawarma nachos. Pita chips topped with chicken, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, hummus, and garlic sauce. I, that sounds good to me. Now, now Mediterranean food there? One, one thing, though. If it comes served in a big tiger's helmet, I want no part of it. Like, if it's in a normal... The twin, the twins nachos, the, one, the only thing that makes me want to barf at Target Field is, on a hot day, the sight of nachos in a big baseball helmet. And then dad, why is the bait? Why like why can't? Because it just looks it, it's gross. A, it's but it's a bowl. I mean, it's and just a plastic bowl with a logo on it. And then inevitably, it. dad goes to the john and washes said helmet out, and they take it home. It's just the entire thing's so gross. I don't mind the helmet because it, actually, the bill of the helmet upside down gives you a little leverage to hold it with one hand. You know, that it's a little it's a little easier to hold up. it with one hand. I'm with Judd though. I the problem like it. it's too thick. Yeah. You need to spread it out. You need the single layer of chips and then the, the, you sure. know, the single layer of dip or whatever you put on top. You yeah. can't just keep throwing handful and handful on top. Well, and then and like the issue then becomes you get halfway through and all you're left with is chips, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, KC, the brisket nacho, brisket nachos, cheesy corn, beans, barbecue sauce. Seems pretty simple. So nachos with with brisket, basically. Uh, that's a thousand good per, thousand percent in on this. Okay. And the Sounds Minnesota really Twins offering will be the curd marchuk, breaded cheese curds, sliced uh, kermarchuk sausage topped with a little wow. gravy. 
That's a little over the top. That's a little a, aggressive. I'm not a big cheese curd guy. I'm going to go uh, back to the Chicago White Sox. I'll do the Italian sausage situation with really? the Chipotle sauce. Yeah, Kansas that sounds City really good. Kansas City. I think I'm that going KC, really too. Good. A little brisket on the nachos. I can go with that. Right. But again, <gasps> don't do the hell with Judd. <laughs> you guys are so anti-helmet ball. Oh, I don't like it. How about in a football helmet where you can really get a good grip on the mask? You can really hold it with one hand then. <laughs> Why not a hockey helmet? You get the half visor, too. <laughs> Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are innovating, boys. They are innovating ticket sales and trying to get younger. They're trying to bring the youth back to the game. Kids Cheer Free is the program they are starting this year. Parents can bring children aged 9 and younger to Sunday games for free. Each regularly priced upper deck uh, seat for an adult gets two free kids tickets. This sounds like an idea that Judd would absolutely hate. Yes, because he hates kids. Why? Why do would they I hate get, it? So they get to run the bases, too? Oh, they do that. They've done that for a while. They've also yeah. expanded the Kids Corner Activity Center, Jungle no. Gym, little skee-ball. This is officially baseball in crisis. They know kids hate baseball. Yeah. It's boring. It takes too long. There's too many stoppages. So come to the stadium. The game's going to be boring, but skee-ball. We got skee-ball over here, everybody. <laughs> the kids' it's a game day. game from the 80s. The kids' day. The games will be shortened up seven innings each. That's the kids' say, day thing. The more I think seven about this. Seven inning games. Okay, skee-ball. This is another tone-deaf baseball thing. All right, how do we get... How do we get these young whippersnappers to come to the stadium? What if we put some arcade games, some skee-ball? Like, do kids even play skee-ball anymore? Is that still a thing oh, if you're I, not? I, I love a good game of skee-ball, but I'm 48. And I love it, too, and I'm going to be 33 in a month and a half. I got a Chuck E. Cheese near my house. I'm going to go check it out, actually, sometime this week. And no, not, not creepy or anything. I was gonna say, you, you don't hang out I'm there just alone walk regularly. In, you don't do a loop just don't go in mesh shorts. Actually, like I might. we should send Judd to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, no, no, no. In some black mesh be, shorts, slippers, I'd be and a arrested. long coat. Yeah. No, I don't need that. In yeah. a, a couple, I don't need my record being tarnished some, by a trip to Chuck E. Cheese. Some beer on his breath. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's Chucky at? I got some things to say. Local radio host arrested after appearance at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, I love that may the- have actually happened before. <laughs> well, I just don't want it to happen to me. I love the truth that Deion Sanders threw out yesterday on Twitter. I love what the Browns have done this season, but if I'm a young QB, ain't no way I'm going to Cleveland. I would pull an Eli Manning if possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is Cleveland really so? Cleveland feels like they might finally be on the verge. I know they didn't win a game last year, but you know they don't feel like they're going to be as embarrassing. Well, John Dorsey, their, their new GM is is pretty good. He's competent. And the old GM, everyone is it Sashi Brown was the one they fired. Yeah. So he set them up with a bunch of draft picks and cap room to make some of the moves that they've already made this offseason. He just and didn't know how to get the out. talent or the person. I'm going to save you from yourself. On the verge of what? Because you need to be more specific, Phil. I think for a team that went 0-16. So I think within the next two years, I think they go back to the playoffs. I think they go back to the playoffs think, in the next two years. I think that's a little aggressive. Because first of all, Tom Brady might at some point. Tom Brady's going to have a rib protrude through his body. Or just retire. Well, it could be when he's 47, though. So he might. Ben Roethlisberger's talking retirement. At some point, every team makes it back. The Patriots, look at them yet, from like the late 80s to the early and 90s. And yet, Phil, they're still Cleveland. If you're a quarterback, you're still in Cleveland. It's right up there. Aaron Rodgers on Instagram yesterday posting a lovely photo of him arm in arm with Jordy Nelson. 
Very emotional, hard to find the words to express how sad of a day it is, etc., etc. Jordy leaving, white lightning, it's very sad to see him go. There was also a tweet by Rich Eisen that was sent out regarding Aaron Ro- or, uh, uh, Jordy Nelson and Jimmy Graham, who they picked up. Basically saying, yeah, Jimmy Graham's a fine player, he's okay. Jordy was a really good player in his day. You know who liked that on Twitter? A certain Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's angst in Green Bay. Oh I just love it. 100%. He's going to leave. Why isn't he here? He's going to bolt. Maybe he's, Cousins will be our backup. He's going to leave. What do you think he would, if, if he were to re-sign with the Packers, it has to be like $35 million a year, right? If I'm him, I'm holding them up for yeah, I, yeah. absolutely insane money. Or and, I'm just going to make my $50 million the next two years and walk. And every Packers owner has to turn their stock in to him. What if... He gets all of so, the stock. So he's got two years left? Uh, yes. Is that correct? Yes. What if the Cousins contract is fully guaranteed for the first two years, guaranteed against injury in year three? The Vikings have gotten very creative. They can get out. They can void it after two years, just in time to sign Aaron Rodgers to a $37 million per season three-year contract. <laughs> what if? You like that? You like that? You're making me very happy right now. You're on the bandwagon, finally. I'm just throwing it out there. It took you so long. You always laugh at our fun ideas, and our fun no. ideas almost always come to fruition. No, I right, but now now I'm seeing it very clearly, as in as a team would. Two years fully guaranteed, third year guaranteed against injury. But if you don't get hurt, you can hit the market again if things don't go as we expected, and things wouldn't be going as as you expected if Aaron Rodgers fell into your lap. The revenge tour. Then there's a chance if you try to pull that little bait and switch move at the last minute today and all of your plan B options are off the board, that Kirk Cousins goes inside somewhere else. And now you're left with nothing and waiting for Rodgers in two years. That's fine. Maybe we should uh, call Pat with that theory and uh, see what he has to th- say. Jim. Well, he uh, yeah he ranted about us yesterday. He actually started his show yesterday, too, with like a half hour of Lance Lynn's first first spring training start. So what happened. So we were tipped off that Pat... Absolutely ranted and raved and maybe wrote us off. Let's play the audio and judge for ourselves when we come back here. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. An odd combination. Yeah, well, so are my parents. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN's Bracket Challenge is here. Fill out your bracket now. You've got chances to win a $50 Crave gift card. We'll be giving those out round by round, plus the brand new 55-inch TCL Roku TV. Or the grand prize, a Napoleon LEX propane grill from Patio Town. Get to 1500ESPN.com. Sign up before the tournament really begins tomorrow. Thank you, Dave. So, Dave, what happened yesterday with Pat? So, Pat Pat wanted, Pat wanted reached out to us yes. from Fort Myers. He wanted to join our show to talk baseball, right? He called me, I believe it was around 1015. And said, hey, the uh, boys want me on uh, for a segment. Talk uh, Lance Lynn at the uh, press conference here. And uh, what, uh, what, what's going to get there? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, Kirk Cousins stuff is breaking on. What, uh, what do you, what do you, what's happening? So he has no idea. He had no Kirk idea. Cousins is about to sign with he the was Vikings. in full twins mode. There's I said, no well, idea. you know. That this is reckless speculation season, Pat. Back off with your Lance Lynn spring training crap. Exactly. Wow. So I you explained Rappaport, you know, Schefter, everyone's saying three years, 84 ish million. It's all breaking down. And we're, 
we're heavy into that. Uh, wow. So I doubt we'll do it, but uh, I'll, I can you know shoot you a text if uh, if they do want to speak to you. And he said, <laughs> right, uh, it's got to be before noon uh, if it uh, happens. Oh, so uh, that's so my favorite. So it's like it's not it's not involving the biggest news of the moment, and it's like a very specific narrow time he's putting, window. He's putting uh, parameters on his oh, first pitch. So okay, yes, oh, that yeah. was basically yeah, our interaction. You couldn't talk to us during Lance Lynn's we, performance. By the way, we on this side, by the way, we're very open to the last segment of the show. Yeah, let's go down to Fort Myers and talk to pad about lance lynn but no no we can't do it during lance lynn's yeah. outing and i did not reach out to him again and say hey can you do it last segment because he'd already given me the ultimatum it's before noon or it ain't happening okay so this is him yesterday then this is so he doesn't know that we were open to having him on we just he just the communication was cut off when he gave you the narrow time constraint correct all right well this is this is pat on his show yesterday so i call up today <laughs> To help out the morning show, right? Mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, uh, hey, Dave, the producer. You think these guys want uh, want a little eight minute review of Lance Lynn?" He said, "I don't think so. They're talking nothing but football today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they forgot the twins existed as soon as the Kirk Cousins coming to the Vikings stuff came out. Like- they, they couldn't even find eight minutes for a live report from Fort Myers." On uh, Lance Lynn before he made his first start, which, by the way, most impressive first appearance by a Minnesota professional since Herschel kicked his shoe off against the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) Well, you know what that means then, Patrick? What? Mackie and Judd's show is not long enough. That's right. They don't have enough time. They need a fifth hour. Four-hour show. They didn't have eight minutes for poor Lance Lynn. You know what else it means? Last offer. That's right. <laughs> Last offer. <laughs> don't bother contacting me. I don't care if if there's a, if there's a Chris Archer trade and you have exclusive if a Chris access. Archer trade, if I, if I have the scoop, yeah, I ain't talking to them. <laughs> They're done. They are done. Boy, okay. <laughs> so much to unpack here. So first of all, so, what? Oh first of God. all, Reavers is a bleep stirrer here. So he's basically trying to get get us in trouble. The other thing is, if you put parameters on the fact that I can't join you at noon or afternoon, then it's not a four-hour show. You're giving us a window. Yeah, right, you're, right. You're providing right. us a window and then saying that we have a four-hour so wait, show. So he called at what time? 10.15? I believe it was around 10.15. So he gave us like a one-hour window. Uh, an hour 45, technically. Yeah. Okay, but, but, but we had like yes. th- other things scheduled in. And by the way, Kirk Cousins... Is about to sign the most lucrative contract in NFL quarterback history with the Vikings. And that news he gives us like a one hour window and then blames it on us. And that news broke at ten. So we had just so when he called with the ultimatum of the time in which he could join us, the news that the Vikings had just signed or just agreed to terms on a quarterback with a contract that will make him the richest quarterback right now. In the National Football Here's League. Here's the other part about Pat that I love. Hour 45. His mantra has always been, in writing, bleep the audience. I'll write what I want. I don't care, right? And I think he takes that to radio. And so if you could translate his first couple sentences, can you believe, because Kirk Cousins is signing, these guys are talking football? Why are they talking football? Like, I don't know, because... Kirk Cousins is going to sign with the Vikings, maybe? Maybe that's why. My my favorite. He had a review of the press conference. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of this entire story, though, is the fact that he asked Dave, what's going on with Cousins? 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe he just agreed to a three-year, $84 million per year contract. That might be it. And then he is going to, so no, no, we, no, we don't get him on ever again because for, we didn't in the one hour window. You know what, Pat? Fine. Then we bar you from taking anything from our show ever again and squeezing two full hours out of it. We will no longer produce the ride with Roycey on a twice a week basis, at least minimum. (laughs) 